0: Let us pray. Our precious Father, I want to thank you again for the privilege we have to be gathered to listen to your word, trusting trust in you, that by your spirit who you sent to teach us, to guide us into all truth, that you will teach us and cause your word to have entrance into every hearer so that it will bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to talk about uh, living by faith. The reason we were doing this is in pursuit of our study, I mean, our team of our 2022, the study of our team for 2022, which is salvation. See it, live it, and tell it. So we naturally started with see it, which means we started to teach on what salvation really is is, what it means, so that we can see it. We thought along the line, as Paul did, Galatians 3, verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you, for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross, so by the grace of God, we, 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 we told the same line, trying to bring out the meaning of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. We tried to define salvation, went to, into details of all the privileges and blessings that God provided for us in Christ for life and godliness. And these are the things that God gave us for life and godliness if a Christian doesn't care to know them, he has nothing else for this purpose. The new life we received, for instance, so we can live the life that God planned for us to live. If we don't have that new life, how do you live it? The life of God, the life of Christ. And then we talked about our being made righteous in Christ. God made him who knew no sin to be sinned for us so that we, can, we shall be made the righteousness of God, the exchange. That's the first thing that the gospel reveals according to Paul in the book of Romans. Then the first thing the Bible talks about is the righteousness of God, which is being revealed now, which the law and the prophets also spoke about. And then we talked about the fact that when you come to Christ, your sins are forgiven. Because he said, this is my blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of sin. So when that blood is shed, When he paid the price for our sins, we were set free and forgiven. Acts 13, 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. I keep saying this. You will not hear churches preach forgiveness of sins. No reason. Because we don't understand salvation. We don't. And we say, oh, he died for our sins. Then after telling people he died for our sins, we turn around and tell them, your sins are stayed there. It's called misnomer. It's written to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him now, all who believe are justified, not condemned. Once you believe in Christ, you are justified. You are not condemned from things from which we could not be justified by the law of Moses. Listening to present-day preachings and things like that, you would think that this scripture is fallacy. But the Holy Spirit put it down. Put it down. Because it's true. Acts 26, verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sin. See, that's what God sent me to preach. That's what we say. We are preaching it. That when you come to Christ, you come from darkness to light, from power of Satan to power of God, and receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now, we come to the second point of this theme for the year. Salvation, Leave it. We talked about see it, so by now, you should know what salvation is. If you don't, you go back and listen to all the things we've been teaching from January to now. And you owe it to yourself, really, to understand it. Because many people don't. Unfortunately, many don't. Now, we come to the second point of what of that theme. Salvation, leave it. Because we're in the middle of the year, so we'll come to that point. Salvation, leave it. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith. Remember I said when you come to Christ, you are justified. So now those who have come to Christ justified, they live by faith. We live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. If you draw back from this truth, said you won't please God if you draw back. The just shall live by faith. When you come to Christ, you are justified, not condemned. You are justified. So if you are justified in Christ, The next thing the Bible says, you live your life daily by faith in the the Son of God. So the life of our salvation is lived entirely by faith. There is no other means recommended through which a believer in Christ lives his life. There is no other means. I said it on Sunday. I'm repeating it here again. You do not need rituals. All you need is faith. That's what Jesus said. Only believe. Only believe and you see the glory of God. You don't need rituals. You don't need to shout this this one five times. Wake up. You don't need all of that junk. Only believe and you shall see the glory of God. That's what our Lord Jesus told you and me. And we live this life only by faith. There is no other thing recommended anywhere by which we live. Here are some of the things that faith does in the life of a believer. We are saved saved by by faith. Our faith, the faith we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Personal faith. I can't be saved by somebody else's faith. So we are saved by faith. Personal faith. We live this new life by our own personal faith like we just saw now. We call Christianity a life of faith. We are saved by grace through faith, like we said. We receive everything through faith, or we do not receive at all. According to the book of James, if you pray and there's nothing in faith, you will receive nothing. We stand only by faith. Faith is our victory, not going to give us victory. Faith is our victory. We defend with the shield of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you can see the centrality of faith in our Christian life. So the only way we can live it is by faith so that all these things will be manifesting in our life. Now, like I said, it's personal faith. Personal faith. So I can't receive something through your faith. I have to receive it through my faith. And as we study what faith is, you'll see why. So it is faith, personal faith, not generic faith. People are comfortable with generic faith. God, God can heal, yeah. God heals, yeah. But how about how, has He healed me? That's the problem. When it comes to personal, that's where the trouble really matters. Generic is easy. Everybody's business is nobody's business. Generic is crazy, it's cheap. But when it comes to branding it with your name, that's where you find a paper falter. The falter. So, our life really is a reflection of what we believe is our reality. Because the Bible says it shall be to you according to your faith. Now, let's see that faith is actually personal. Actually personal. Branded with your name on it. Mark 5, 34. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Your faith made you whole. Not Jesus' faith, not the disciples' faith, not the father's faith, not grandfather's faith. Your own faith, personal, branded, makes you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. In Luke chapter 7 verse 49, and the that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Again, it says to a Jewish man, it's your faith that saved you. Go in peace. Faith is personal, not generic. Personal. Generic that you will sing about all the time in church, and everybody can get excited and sing. It's not what works for you. What works for you is your own personal faith. Now, in Luke chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus answering said, were we we there not ten least, but where are at the nine? Eighteen. There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Nineteen. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Most of the miracles that Jesus did is people's faith. People's faith that went and took the thing. Luke 18, 41. Saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. He didn't say my anointing. He didn't say my anointing. He didn't say my power. He didn't say, he said your faith. It's what saved you. It's your faith that healed you. Now some people say healing is not for us today. Well, if faith healed them then, and we still live by faith today, shouldn't we also enjoy healing also today? By the same faith that they also exercised. If you say healing is not for us today, you are saying that faith is no more relevant. If their faith healed them then, my faith can heal me today. That's the point I'm making. When we say that salvation is received by faith, it's personal. You ca- I can't be saved for you. You go and take it yourself. Ephesians 2, 8, just for reminding sake. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not yourselves, it is the gift of God. There's nothing you can Do to be saved except believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a gift. Case closed. For by grace are you saved. It's a work of grace, gift, or merited through faith. And that not of yourselves, which means you didn't, it's not you that caused it or did anything. It is the gift of God. So we receive what God is offering out of His mercy and grace. We simply receive it. Don't try to to do anything else because that's what will block you really because it it has to be a gift. I said it before. I said if it's not free and it's not undeserved, it's not grace. And if it's not grace, that's not what Jesus brought because Jesus didn't bring us anything for sale. He didn't bring us anything for sale so that if you do this, he will give it to you. No. Why were we yet sinners? He gave us all these things. He died for us and made everything available. So that once we come and believe in him, we enjoy what he paid for us to have. It's just that simple as that. And so we are saved by, we saw that personal faith is what gets something from God. And we are saved by this personal faith in Christ Jesus. So we are preaching the gospel to people. Understand? That they must exercise faith in Christ. They have to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. They have to accept what God is offering. For God so loved the world that he gave. So they have to receive what God has given them. That's all they need to do. Don't put them through any other thing that the Bible did not recommend. That would be laying their foundation on something else. Instead of laying it purely on Christ and him crucified. There is no other foundation God has laid except that. And so we come to the second part and say, we also continuously live by faith. The gospel is not just for people to be saved. The gospel is the truth you live by every day. All those things God offered you, you have to continue to believe they are yours every day. For them to be manifested, you have to. So we live continuously by faith in the truth of our salvation as revealed by the gospel. The gospel is not just for to be saved, but it's everyday reality. If by his stripes I'm healed, it's everyday reality for me. If he made me righteous, it's everyday reality for me. If he delivered me from the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom, it's everyday reality for me. If I don't believe it, the devil will deceive me and make me reject what Christ offered me uh, by his death. So we need to really, really understand that that the gospel is what we live by every day, continuously. Look at Colossians 1 verse 21. This includes you who were once far away from God. We were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. 22. Yet now... He has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. Now we are reconciled to God. Peace has come. Forgiveness has come. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. You say, why? The blood washed you clean. Totally. The new creature that God made is sinless. It was created to be like God. That new creature, that born again you, that hidden man of the heart, that spirit when you die, we live and go to heaven, is pure. That's the life of Christ in him. It's not, you, it's not physical life. It's pure. It's pure because the life he has is the life of God and life of Christ. And when God talks about his sons, children, he's not, he's not talking about your physical body. He's talking about the, the one he created, the new man he created. Because that's the one that will go to heaven with him and live with him forever. The body will decay and, and smell. I pray that we understand all of this, that God is referring to spiritual realities. So he says, let me read this verse again. It's so good, and I want to read it again. This includes you, so don't count yourself out. Who were once far away from God, you were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. 22. Yet now, oh, awesome. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result of the reconciliation, because of the death of Christ, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Verse 23. Now it teaches us that we must continue to believe the revelations of the gospel. So you must continue to believe this truth. The judge must live by, this, by faith in the gospel every day. Believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you had the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Paul said, this is what I'm preaching all over the world, that when you come to Christ, this is your new reality. Continue to believe everything that Christ died for you to have. Continue to believe that you're a new creature, you're born again. Continue to believe you have his life. Your spirit is is pure. Continue to believe that the life in you is the life of God. It's the life that Jesus has now. That life is pure. The life Jesus gave you is pure. It's pure. Don't say the life of of God is sin. No, it's pure. So we must continue to believe this truth. That Christ died for our sins. Take care of that and make us pure, make us clean. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1, now, the point we're making is that you receive the benefits of the, of, of, of the gospel when you come to Christ. And you continue to believe it till you pass away. So, 1 Corinthians 15, one, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then. So, keep, keep welcoming it. You welcomed it then and you will stand firm on it. Verse 2, it is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. If you continue, and don't let anybody take you away from the gospel that the, 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 the Lord Jesus Christ gave us written in the scriptures. Continue to believe this message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. Church, this is the blood that shed for the remission of your sins. And when sins are remitted, you have peace with God. You are reconciled to God. You can come in his presence. The problem with, between man and God is sin. says, Christ died for our sins. So if somebody talks about sin, tell him Christ died for my sins. If he didn't die for you, he died for my own. He died for my own. I'm standing on it. He died for my own. And all the benefits of that, death are still mine. They are still mine. Just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. You know, recently the Lord said to me, he said, stop trying to convince people that the gospel solved the problems." He said, just preach the gospel. Leave them alone. You see, every time you want to convince them, you know, oh, this this solves your problem. He says, just preach the gospel I gave you. Just preach it. If they want to dwell in sin, leave them alone. Preach the gospel I gave you. Like Paul said, this is what I preached to you. You have to believe it. You know Why? When you believe this truth, it changes your life. Because all these things that Christ brought you, they are for your life, for life and godliness. They are the things that really transform you. Real change took place when you came to Christ. Real genuine change that God did took place when you came to Christ. Change is not really, doesn't start from outside. It starts from inside. So when you come to Christ and receive a new life, receive his spirit that gives you revelation, your understanding changes, your likes and dislikes changes, some friends will leave you alone because you're no, you no, you no more talking like that. Your are will change. Colossians 1.6. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. This is the testimony of the Holy Spirit. If you believe it, only believe Jesus said, then you will see the glory of God. See his character that he gave you. See the reality of the new change in you what being worked out by his spirit. You enter his rest by his spirit. Not by, not by human effort. By the arm of the Lord. Bible says by the power of the Spirit that you put to death the desires of the flesh. By His Spirit. So He says, says, Colossians 1 says again, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives. From the day you first heard and understood... The truth about God's wonderful grace. He said the very day you understood that grace, your lives changed. You accepted it. You accepted everything Jesus gave you. You accepted that you're a new creature, you're a new person. You have the life of God in you. You began to accept the authority that God gave you, that you you have authority. seated with Christ in heavenly places. You begin to believe that you're blessed. You are no more cursed. You are walking in the blessings of Abraham. He said, the day you began to understand what the grace of God provided your life began to change. If you believe that you are blessed, then you, are, you, you, you live a life of, you live a blessed life. But if you don't believe that. Hmm. Let me tell us something about faith in God. Abraham, because a man believed God, people. A man called Abraham dared to believe God. Millions of people are enjoying the benefit of a man who dared to believe God by surrendering his son to God. Up to today, the generations that came out of that man are millionaires all over the world. Because one man, one man dared to say God is God. If he says it, that's what it is. One man. And God entered into that covenant. Millions of Jews today are millionaires, comfortable all over the world. They are enjoying the Abrahamic covenant. We Christians came along and we are plugged into that same covenant, that same blessing. That's what faith, faith releases the impossible. Jesus said, All things are possible to them that believe. One man believed God, people. One man. You believe God, believe the gospel. The blessing that comes to you can bless your family. Same, look, bless people you, of you, that you, God gives influence over. The blessings that come to you can bring the gospel to others, get them saved. The, the disciples believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. They turned the whole world upside down. Faith is awesome. Don't kid with it. It's what makes the power of God manifest. Jesus said, you want to see the glory of God? Just believe. Leave rituals alone. What ritual did Abraham them do? Let me tell us something again. Peter and John were so illiterate. I mean, when you talk of illiterate, that's a level of illiteracy. They said, not only were they illiterate, they do not have skill. They were at the bottom of bottom of illiteracy. But guess what? They believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they became people of tremendous influence that the authorities took notice. Faith reveals the glory of God in your life. All the struggle about things is because we don't want to understand that the gospel is a serious, important truth that you must believe to see the glory of God. Look at Acts 4.30. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned, unlearned, and ignorant men. Yeah, but God taught them. God taught them the gospel. That information was more powerful than any people, anything you can learn in the universe. They were unlearned, unskilled. Yeah, sure they were. But God revealed Jesus to them. Show them that the gospel will transform your life. More than your education. The gospel will bring you into glory more than your education. Well, I'm not saying education is important. Very, very important. We should go to school. But what I'm trying to say is that these people who, who had disadvantage, they couldn't go to school. Nobody could teach them anything. They knew only one thing. The gospel. That's all they knew. And the glory of God was being manifested in their life. So as for three, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant, they marveled. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. People should marvel at us. Marveled. Wow, we've not seen anything like this, man. They marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they have been with Jesus. That's all. They're unlearned, they're unskilled, but... There is a personality that makes a difference in their life. They believe in that man. And beholding the man which was here standing with them, they could say nothing against it. <laughs> Amazing. here, yeah? Uneducated, yeah? I don't have anybody. I don't know anybody. I mean this. I don't have paper. I have paper. My friend, Jesus, since all things are possible to them, that believe. These people were in, in great disadvantage. They couldn't go to any big board to give them a big job. But they knew Jesus. They believed the gospel. It changed their life. They became people of great influence that authorities took notice of them. They said, these guys have been with Jesus. That's the qualification they have. Jesus said, only believe. You see the glory of God. And where the glory of God manifests, people are baffled. They marvel. That's God. it's not a man. Remember that faith in God turned the great glory I think, into a dead man in a second. That giant died straight away. A whole nation, a whole nation was set free and they began to enjoy blessings because a young boy trusted in the God of Israel. A young boy put his faith in God, and God revealed his mighty glory that benefited the nation. Abraham believed he benefited people. David believed he benefited people. You too can walk in faith. You benefit your family and beyond. So this topic is, is very important. So what is? Look at the warning that we're giving in Hebrews 4.1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. For the word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that had it. Didn't profit them. All these things that Jesus died to provide, marvelous marvelous things you couldn't get any other way it didn't profit them and it won't profit us unless we believe them unless we believe them our salvation will not be seen you can be shouting i'm saved and say but you live regular regular life like every other person nobody will marvel at you nobody nobody So we want to study what is faith then. Since we live by faith, we need to be sure that we know from Scripture what faith is. So to make sure we are really, really living by faith, not by presumption. Not by presumption. Because many people live by presumption and it's not working and they're confused. So we have a study plan to be able to understand faith. So our study plan goes something like this. What faith is not. So I will start, as we study what faith is not, we contrast it with faith, so we can side by side have a better understanding of what faith should be. Number two is, we're now going to look at what faith is according to Bible, according to scriptures. Number three is, how do we get faith? Number four is, how do we exercise our faith? This, this is the plan to really understand what faith is. And then other things we are going to teach as the days come by. So we start with what faith is not. And one of the things we want to start with is hope. Faith is not hope. A lot of people confuse faith with hope and it doesn't work for them. You don't receive by hope. There's no scripture that says you receive by hope. None. You only receive by faith. So if you're walking in hope and thinking you are going to see anything, you see anything. Because the book of James said, if you don't pray, if it's not by faith, you won't receive anything. So if you remove faith and you're walking by hope, you won't receive anything. Many Christians are walking by hope and they think it's faith. Why? Because they don't understand the dynamics of faith. So let's see let's that faith is not hope. Hope is not faith. If you are listening, say it with me. Faith is not hope and hope is not faith. So let's look at Romans eight twenty three, And we, be, we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. For we long. What are we longing for? For our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. This flesh, this flesh, longing to be released from this flesh. That will not let you do what you want to do. We too wait for eager hope, with eager hope, for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he promised us. Paul said, we are in this body, we are, we are we, we, we grown, because this body causes us trouble. We don't like what it does. So he said, we, we are living in hope, expecting for the new body That Christ promised that he will give us. Verse 24. We were given this hope when we were saved. So when you got saved, Jesus promised you that he will give you a new body. You have new one that's created right now. But he said, I'm going to give you a new body. I gave you my life. Gave you, created you a new spirit, then I'm going to give you a new body. Not this flesh. I'm going to replace this flesh with another, another, another body. And so he said, we, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, listen to this. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Now, the difference between hope and faith is here: hope is future ownership; faith is present ownership. Let me read it again. It says, "For we to wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us, will give us our rightful." our full rights and as his adopted children, including the new bodies he promised us it has not been given hope is future ownership it has not been given well hope for it it has not been given so in verse 24 he said we were given this hope when we were saved if we already have something we don't need to hope for it quick means we, don't, we have it yet But if we look forward to something we don't yet have. Hope is about something you don't yet have. Hope is about something that will be given to you in future. It's future. You don't yet have it. He says if if you have it, you don't hope for it anymore. Faith is about something you have right now. Not tomorrow. If you say you have it now, that's faith. If you say God will do it, that's hope. It needs to be clear to us. Because I hear people confuse themselves because they don't understand what faith is and what hope is. So hope is future ownership. Something that will be given to you. God will do It's hope. God will do it, is hope. You don't receive like that. Why faith is present ownership? God has done it, is faith. So hope is for the future, faith is for now. Now, somebody says, I'm trusting God that God will do this thing. You know it's, it's hope, he it doesn't know what's talking about. Because see, what he's saying by his confession is that he has not received it. It's not done yet. So he's living in hope. Somebody comes around and says, "Brethren, and praise the Lord, I've received this thing. God has done it for me. That's fit. Because what you have for, what you now receive, you don't hope for it. You now have it. I believe it's mine now. It is faith because it is present ownership not future, ownership. You know, you can't receive anything by who, because by your own confession, you are saying God has not done it. And it shall be to you according to your faith. I, I mean, what do you believe? If you believe that God has not done it, that's what it will be. Today, God has not done it. Tomorrow, God has not done it. Tomorrow, God, you, you continue like that until you stop somewhere and say, no, God has done it. When you say God has done it, it becomes faith, it becomes a substance right away. So, you can't receive what you don't believe has been done. How can I come to Ure and I come to and I want to receive from Ure something that he doesn't have? Then he will say, Pastor, are you sure you're okay? <laughs> I come to, I say, Ore, can, I, can I, I come to receive one million dollars from you. He'll be looking at me and say, one million. I don't have it. <laughs> so, you can't receive something you are saying, you yourself are saying, has not been given to me. You can't receive it. It's not yours. It's all up to you. That's why it's your faith. It's all up to God. It's your faith that make, makes you whole. It's what you say. If you say, I have it, God says, amen. M-m. You got it. If you say, I don't have it, God says, amen m-m also. You know, it's your faith. It is your faith. faith. God is your, your business. Don't put it on God. It's your It's been given. Everything, Jesus died for hours, If you receive it, it's just, if you say God will do it, okay, God will sit on there. As you believe, that's where you have it. When David first got out, he said, This day God will do this. This day. You are dying this day, not tomorrow. Today. Not future. Today. And faith is not an abstract. What is an abstract? An abstract is something existing in thought or as an idea, but not having a physical or concrete existence. Faith has a physical and concrete existence in the spirit realm. It's there. You received it. It's there. It's real. It's a reality that you don't see, but it's real. Now, I want to... I want us to look at two things where people really get confused. is people operating in natural faith and spirit faith. There is natural faith. We live by natural faith every day, whether you're a Christian or not. If you want to sit on a chair, you sit on a chair because you see it's there. The thing that gives you the faith to sit on it is because you see the chair is there. But if you come and see that it doesn't have two legs, you will sit. That's natural faith. That's not We live by natural faith in the natural realm for natural things. So now some people think that that is also how to, how to exercise spiritual faith. And when they're exercising natural faith, they say, pastor, I have it. But when they talk, you know that the, the faith they're exercising is the faith they are used to living the way they used to live naturally. They don't find any difference within that And the faith that receives in the spirit realm. So we're going to look at it, differentiate it, so that you know exactly what you are exercising. Whether you are talking about natural faith and you think that that's what will give you spiritual things. Because it won't give you. Now, look at this one. Let's read this scripture here. John 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called the demons, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples there said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hand the print on the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Why? Because natural faith works by what it sees, what it feels. If I see it, that's how we live 24 every every day, natural Natural. You go to your car because you see it's there. That's how we live. So because we're accustomed to that, sometimes we take it into the spiritual things, and we fell. Verse 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were with him, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side, and be not faithless. He's saying this thing you are doing, it's not the faith that operates in the kingdom of God. You are faithless. You You are exercising natural faith. We are talking of spiritual faith. You don't have the spiritual faith. You're operating natural faith. People say I'm healed, but they're operating natural faith because they're checking this, checking the fever gone, this is gone, like Thomas. And they say, Pastor, I have it. No, and they're waiting until the whole symptoms stop. They can now say I'm healed. No, you're operating Thomas' faith, natural faith. A lot of people do that. A lot of people. So in verse 28, and this is 27, then said he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my sight, and be not faithless, but believe it. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you want to see natural, because you are used to that. You have seen me, that has believed. Blessed are they that have not seen physically and yet have believed. That's how you walk in the blessing. That's how you walk in the blessing. you got to operate a different type of faith that believes what it doesn't physically see that is real. So natural faith depends on what we see what we feel, oh my God, that's why you can't. You, can, you, can you win the, we Christians away from feeling? Uh, <laughs> Somebody said in heaven, Pentecostals, will be doing programs. The love program, a lot. Pro, a lot. Program. A lot. Feeling, oh. Uh, because you know have to feel good power. <laughs> so the anointing has come. You got to feel it. You got to. Every chair must shake, and they, for everybody fall. Bang 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 If it doesn't happen like that, ah, the anointing hasn't come. <laughs> the day you were saved, God made you a new creature. You didn't feel anything. You didn't feel anything. Every day God is working in your life. You don't even feel anything, but God is. And you say, "Hey, praise the Lord! God did this for me. You didn't feel anything." You did not feel anything. God has delivered us from this. You didn't feel anything. So Jesus did not recommend this natural faith, because it's not a spiritual thing. See, if you want to be blessed, you got to believe before you see. Don't use these things. Don't, 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 don't try to don't try to locate God by feeling. You're wasting your time. Don't. Don't try to locate God by physical things. God is a spirit. You can only locate God by the word of God and by your spirit. That's all. Things can be as cold as it can be and God is doing great work there. Great work there. I, I, I don't have time. I can give you examples upon examples upon date services. People thought nothing happened. Years after result was incredible. God does things because he, so we can't take the glory. So the glory will be his alone. Otherwise, we think ah yeah, it's because of me. Now let's look at spirit faith that is recommended. The one we are talking about. The one we're talking about. Romans 4:16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. See? If it's grace, you receive by faith. Healing is by grace. Everything is by grace. You receive by faith. So to to the end, the promise might be sure to all of the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Eighteen. Who against hope believed in hope. He was expecting. This thing was against expectation, but he he was believing in hope. He was expecting that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, he was expecting, yeah, the what, what God said is true. I'm expecting It's a real thing. Not that God is going to do it. God has already done it. I'm expecting to see it in the real world. According to that which was spoken, so shall that seed be. The man grabbed it and flew. I'm saying, yeah, that's true. That's true. If he was living by Thomas' feet, he wouldn't believe it. It won't because everything in the natural is, is against that kind of. Thing. It's in 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not the, his own body nowadays. You see, Thomas would have been considering the body of Sarah, the body of Abraham. That is the natural faith. It doesn't work with God. Spiritual things don't come that way. You must not consider natural things. You must engage only your spirit and leave your eye and emotion and feelings alone. Otherwise, you go in the realm of Thomas' faith and you fail. You will see the blessing. Jesus said, blessed are those who believe before they see. So, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Some people, all they talk about is their problem. They will never stop talking about it. Oh, they say, Pastor, I believe you. Oh, you don't believe nothing. Because what you're talking about is what you're considering. Out of the abundance of your heart, you're talking. You're just talking. If, if, if Sarah was like some of them, every day, Sarah would be talking about, Ah, if you see what, eh, this is my body. Ah, but I trust God, though. I really trust God, though. But you know this body, every day I wake up, it's still paying me. here. That's, Sarah didn't say anything like that. When you hear people, you locate them. I've said it. If I stay with you long enough, long enough, I will know where your faith is. And you can predict really precisely how that person will end up. It's, not a, it's not, This is not a gift of spirit, something. If you hear, you hear what they talk about, you hear how unbelief, full of unbelief, you will know that they go the direction of unbelief. You don't have to see vision. If you want to know the spirit operating in a person, listen to the person. If it is this kind of things, you hear it from their mouth. If it's spiritual things, you hear it from their mouth. You hang out with somebody. (laughs) I'm not kidding. You'll be able to see the trajectory of his life. And some of them, you can't even bring them back because you've been preaching, preaching, they won't hear. Romans 4.20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham, why are you giving glory? Oh, yeah, I got it. And being fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform, and therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. This is the kind of faith that is imputed to you for righteousness. Not Thomas type of it. Not Thomas. So you can see that the faith we are talking about is not a mental exercise, but a spiritual exercise. Nothing of God is mental or spiritual. I mean, or physical. Nothing of God is mental or physical. Why? God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Let it sink into you. He's called the father of spirits. God does not communicate to your flesh. Does not communicate to any of those physical things. He communicates to your spirit. God is a spirit. He operates in the realm of the spirit that can have influence in the realm of the natural. For those who can believe things that are not seen, they become a blessing in the things that are seen. Romans 10:10. For with the heart a person believes and has to trust him and relies on Christ. And so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith. He speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. Because he believes in the heart, he confesses his salvation. Every time he says, yeah, God did it for me in Christ, he confirms it all the time. He speaks out his faith. But he says he believes with his heart. Now, I want to prove to us that this word heart means spirit. And it's from scripture, we are going to see that it means spirit. Now let's look at this. It cannot mean our natural understanding. Why? Because the scripture wants us not to rely on it. So if we can't rely on it, then faith can't come through our natural understanding. Our natural faculties. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. See? So faith can't come through our own understanding. So when it says with the heart man believes, it's not the same that with your understanding you believe. No. So that eliminates our understanding totally. He says, so, he said, lean not unto thy own understanding. In all that ways, acknowledge him. I shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thy own eyes. It can't be your own speculations, your own imaginations. It cannot be. Fear the Lord that depart from that kind of evil. So if, if, if we can't Lean to our own understanding and not in our own wisdom, then faith can't come through your understanding, can't come through your wisdom. So when he says faith is of the heart, it's not referring to your physical organic things, it's not referring to your natural mental faculty, because God says don't rely on it. By elimination, that is out. First Corinthians 1:21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom cannot know God. So now you see. So by wisdom, we can have faith. Because if we can't know God by wisdom, then how can we have faith? By wisdom. So you see, it eliminates that totally. So 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, for they are spiritually designed. You see, he said the things of God are spiritual, spiritually understood. It's not understood with, mentally. So faith can come mentally, can come with wisdom. It comes only spiritually. So when it says, with the heart, man believes, you can see from scripture that in concert, what it's talking about is that with your spirit, you believe. That word heart is about your spirit. Because if it is natural things, then the Bible says, don't rely on it. With your wisdom, no, you can't know God. So how can I know God? It's by your spirit. So he it says, it's spiritually discerned. Faith is of your spirit, it's not something mental. The natural faith is mental. Spiritual faith is spiritual. Come can't mix both of them. So the, the only thing now left for us is to not realize that faith is of the spirit. Now Romans 8.16. Scripture interprets scripture. Romans 8.16. The spirit is a witness with our spirit. So the Holy Spirit is talking to my spirit, not to my intellect. Bearing witness with my spirit that we are children of God. So he's telling me you're born again. (laughs) You're a child of God. He's talking to my spirit. Faith is of the spirit. The spirit is witnessing to my spirit. And say, you know, you are righteous. You've been healed. And then the the people who operate natural things, righteous. How can I be saying that? Until I see see that I am sinless, I'm not going to believe it. See, they are Thomas. If I don't see, I won't believe. God said, what I'm talking to you about is spiritual realm. It's reality. The blood washed you clean. If the blood washes you clean, did you, did you go to the bathroom and the blood starts scrubbing you? 1 Corinthians 2.11. For what man knew it, the things of a man save the spirit of the man which is in him? It's your spirit that knows this about you. Not the, the natural the natural thing is so limited. So limited. So and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.11, that these things are spiritually discerned. Quick, quick. Note 1 Corinthians 2 40. They are spiritually designed. Yeah. Spiritually design means that they can be understood only, not by natural faculties, but by our spiritual being the new man, okay? So, faith is of the Spirit. That's what I'm trying to say. So, what is Bible definition of faith? Now, we know faith is of the Spirit. We realize that the natural faith is not of the Spirit. The natural faith is of the flesh, of human understanding. We watch by what you see and what you feel, but the spiritual faith comes by what your spirit perceives, as the Holy Spirit ministers to it, witnesses to it. That's what is called revelation, Revelation is to your spirit. So now, what is Bible definition of faith? Hebrew 11.1. Now, one, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, let's take it point by point so we can understand that. The first one is the substance of things hoped for. So the first thing is that there must be expectation. You are expecting it to manifest not to be done. Not that God will do it. God has done it. Blessed is the man who believes before he sees. You don't see. That's why his faith is for is for things in the realm of seen. You don't see it, but you believe it's there. So you have to expect it. If you have no expectation, you get nothing. David went to Goliath expecting that the man would die. That's that, that the end of the man. The woman with the issue of blood expected that if I tore the hem of his garment, that's the end of this thing. There has to be an expectation. You, you, can, you can't be going out without any, and your expectation needs to be rooted, grounded, because the devil will try to toss it around. By, by doing things around, you worsening things. But you stand strong. You stand strong. In your expectation, why? Because you' persuaded the world is here and amen, this world is true. The testimony of the Holy Spirit cannot be a lie. the gospel is absolute truth. Jesus is truth. So you have to have expectation. It's called hope of faith. Hope or faith is a expectation as a result of what you have. Remember, faith is not future ownership. Faith is present ownership. Isaac has been given. Oh. The day God says, I've given you this, he's giving it to you. You don't have to see anything. If God says, I've healed you, he's healed you. You he can't tell a lie. You can't tell a lie. What he says, who will believe my report? Who will believe this thing? So that the arm of the Lord will be revealed. It's simple. You don't, rit- rit- you don't need rituals. All this ritualistic rubbish. Who will believe the report? So you see the arm of the Lord. That's simple as that. So first of all, you have to have expectation called hope. Substance of things to So Now, number two is that it's a substance. So I'm expecting this. My faith gives it substance. My faith caused that thing I'm expecting by name. I say you are a substance. Isaac, I'm expecting you. Your faith calls. The things that are not as if they were, because they exist. You give it, your faith is the substance of things, so forth. Your faith creates the reality of it and says, this thing is, hey, I've been healed. He calls that thing by name. Your faith gives it substance and calls it by name and makes it a reality and makes it a substance, not an abstract, not something in the heart taught us. No, no, a reality that exists, present ownership. That's what faith is. So you didn't see Abraham go to say to God, Hey, the the thing you told me the other day, I'm saying, No, no, no. Why? Because it's done. He didn't need another prayer for it. Didn't need another going behind God and say, remember, you know, God, you are faithful. (laughs) No such thing. Faith, his faith created the reality and said, Isaac existed, existed. God said it. If he said it, he'd done it. Period. So he didn't need any other backyard prayer for me. Giving prayer requests all over the place. Didn't do that. Why? It's done. What was he doing? Giving glory, giving thanks. Why are giving thanks? It's done. Why should I be asking for another thing? Did you see it? No. I don't have to see because I'm not Thomas. I am not operating natural faith. My spirit has a witness of the Holy Spirit that this is done, and that's it. That's it. I'm not going to call the Holy Spirit a liar. I'm not going to call God a liar. Your faith gives substance to what you expect. God has done this. When I come to pray, I thank God. I call it, Father, thank you for this box. I call it a name. I give it a substance. My faith gives substance to what I'm expecting. But if I can't call it a name, then I don't believe it exists. Tell people, I say, go thank God for your baby. Call your baby a name. They're looking at you. Call it a name, my friend. Let your faith give substance to it, reality to it. That's what faith is. You're expecting it. Yeah, call it by name. Call it by name. Thank you, Father, for John. Or thank you, Father, for another Emmanuel. Or somebody told me that they had a baby and they named him Emmanuel. I was so excited. Call it and say, yeah, Lord, thank you. We asked for Emmanuel. We got him. Your faith has given substance to it. Calling it a reality. Calling it a name. And saying this thing is real. Faith is the substance. It didn't say it is the substance. To your faith produces the substance. Present ownership, not not future ownership. Then the other thing says that faith is a substance of, I mean, the the other one says, it says, uh, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Man, these are exciting now. This, This is really getting more exciting. Because now, evidence has to be seen. If you go to court, you produce evidence before the judge. And the Bible, says, show me evidence that you believe that this thing you don't see, that is real. The Bible says, where he saw their faith. What evidence is God seeing by what you say and by what you do that heaven says, this man really believes that my word is true? You got to show God substance, yes, is what you thank God for, call it by name. Then you go and begin to, we just read it. They say they show their faith by what they say. They show their faith. They confess it by what they say. They're not ashamed of it. They're not ashamed of the word. They believe the word. So they say it in public. They share their testimony. And they act like it's true. Evidence. What is God seeing that shows God that you really believe that what he gave you is real. Even though you have not seen it. Evidence of things not seen. It's not seeing, the Lord told me one time, he said, watch your actions if you are believing me. I'm not kidding. He said, the problem usually is not in what you say, because you are saying the right things, but watch what you are acting on. Does it show me that you believe what you say? If you say I'm healed, then watch your action. Is that action, somebody looking at the will say, oh, this guy is healed. If he's not saying that, then you're not in faith. You're not in faith. That's why the book of James says, James 2.18, Yea, a man a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. I show you my faith by what I'm doing. 19, thou believe that there is one God, that doest work. Well. The devils also believe, and they tremble. <laughs> you believe in the devil. They, they must believe. What difference does it make? But they believe, but they don't honor God. So 21, I mean 20, 20, but will thou know over man that faith without works is dead? God says, show me your action." That proves you really believe that this thing you don't see exists show it to me that's called faith if God has forgiven you why are you going to be begging God again <laughs> tomorrow you see, go to God and say Lord I-, I want to thank you and I ask you for, you know, to forgive me for the other day <laughs> you break it Praise the Lord. I want to read one example. First Samuel 1, 16, Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belia, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken unto her, her too. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thy handmaid, find grace in thy sight. So the woman, look at the evidence. Look at the evidence of it. So the woman went away and did it, and her countenance was no more sad. So God will look at her and say she really, she really believes. She's not she physically no pregnancy yet. Her countenance was no more sad, and they rose up in the morning, a uh, uh, morning early, and worshipped. He went to worship God before the Lord. And returned and came to their house to Roma. He got up and went to give thanks. He worshiped. He said, Lord, thank you. Got it. Her countenance was a proof, evidence that she believes in things not sin. She didn't go back and start talking about it again. No. Remember Abraham? Being not weak in faith, he didn't consider his body. Those are evidence. God looked at him. This man is not constrained his body, not constrained the, the, the body of a wife and himself. It's evidence that he believes that what God told him has happened. I will stop here. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for the privilege we have to study. This very important topic of faith. Faith that people have practiced, have believed. And you have used them to do great, powerful things. All things are possible to anybody who will dare to believe you. Thank you because we asked you that this world would penetrate every here, and we know it did. We thank we thank you for the unction to preach it, the accuracy of it, because you are behind it. We give you glory for everything that you've done here today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.